Thank you for tuning in to Health Life Today. I'm your host, Robert D., and let's jump right in. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. Uh, I've changed my scenery today. I changed the room. I've got a vision of my bird feeder. I'm watching the beautiful birds just come and perch and feast away. And But I also have an enemy, and he's a squirrel. And sometimes he thinks he's a little birdie. He jumps right up there and starts to help himself. So if you hear me rapping on the glass, you understand what's going on. Anyway, <laughs> enough said about that. But I do appreciate the birds. You know, Jesus said, look at the birds. Look around and watch. Your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more, are you not much more valued than these? And I say yes. So anyway, today <clears throat> I want to talk about hope. Um, want to talk about a living hope that has to be put into your being from our Lord. Um, Proverbs thirteen twelve says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Now, sometimes when you're reading the scriptures, um, sometimes it's okay to, 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 to read what it's not saying. And what I mean by that is take this proverb, for example, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick or uh, but when the desire comes let's just say when the it doesn't say when the blessing comes it is a tree of life it doesn't say when my prayers are answered you know then it is a tree of life but it says when the desire comes and see the Lord wants to give us the desires of our heart but they must line up <clears throat> with his desires um, when the when the hope is realized it becomes a tree of life and we can daily feed from its fruit amen yes when this hope is realized see now it becomes and see it's like having a revelation of Jesus take for example 1st John well you know what before I say that I need to say this <clears throat> <clears throat> no, let me just go on. First John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. In verse 3, And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Now, as a young Christian, when I used to read this, you know, and you're young, so it's okay. I'm young. I'm reading it. It's okay. But as you grow, you know, the scriptures are revealed. And Jesus opens our blind eyes. He opens our hearts. And so it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Now, when he shall appear, if you're waiting to that last day, to be like him, you're, you're missing. You're missing him. Uh, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And may I just add, not as we suppose him to be, or we, how we would like him to be. You know, a lot of us want God to be like us. That's just not going to happen. See, so this in this particular he that has this hope in him he'll purify himself even as he is pure and so a man's heart is made pure as you see jesus as he is 
Okay, not as you imagine or you want him to be. So it's necessary that you be filled like with a living hope which will enable you to endure the purifying dealings, okay, of God in our hearts. Like it's going to be the heart, you know how I said Jesus in Matthew chapter five is the blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And once again, this is today. Now is the day of salvation. Health, life, today, okay? Health, today. Life, abundant life, today, in your heart. Not with things, not with stuff. In your heart that God puts in there. A living hope, a living God. He breathes in living hope. And whoever has this hope in him, this living, breathing hope from God, purifies himself. In other words, you see, your eyes begin to see, your ears are open, your heart, you, you're beginning to understand the things he has prepared for those who obey him, which is evidence of your love for him. It's not enough just to say, I love you, but it is enough when you obey. And that is a testimony, that is a witness to him that you love him. So blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Or may I say it like this, blessed are those who are allowing God to purify their hearts and they are taking the necessary steps, the necessary dealings, okay, from the Lord to be, have a purified heart. Um, even Paul tells us about an open face relationship with him. It's where you allow like God's light to shine into your heart and reveal any hidden darkness that may be there. And if you don't think there's any darkness down in there, oh, just continue to look upon his face. And I guarantee you, okay, he's going to show you just because and he, he, he's so kind about it. But he will show you can't help but see the corruption in your heart once you see the Lord. But once you know the love of God and see, you know that his his whole goal is to purify us. His whole goal is to bring us into a mature sonship with him so that we can follow in his steps. You know, this morning I was just looking a little bit at, you know, truth and looking at uh, the Gospel of John. And, you know, the, the famous scripture, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved or discovered. But he that does truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. And so knowing that, you know, um, God so loved the world, does that mean that I'm going to love the world? You know, God so loved the world? No, no, no. We've got to rightly divide, divide the truth. God, Jesus is actually testifying against the world. Okay? He's a witness against the world. And in 1 John it says this, in chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, and I want to say, do you believe that? Do you believe God's word? See, I have to ask me, do I believe that? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. What is he talking about? The world system. 
everything that's going on in the world that's just going by man's plans, you know, man's ways. They do not want to be uncovered. They do not want their sins to be exposed or their sinfulness. They want to remain that way and they want you to come with them. And it's like there's a big N-O in my spirit today. Like, not going to happen. The commandment is love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And I'm going to say this. Everything in this world, okay, is set up, is designed by the God of this world. Little G, you know, Satan. Everything's set up to keep you away from the truth, away from the Bible, away from Jesus. Okay? Um, Even religion is set up to keep you away from Jesus. You know, I keep on coming to this and I, 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 have to, I have to say what's in my heart. And, and, and Jesus, he said to some folks, he says, you search the scriptures. Let me find it really quick. <clears throat> yes, John chapter 5. It says, search the scriptures. It's implied. You search the scriptures. For in them you think that you have eternal life. You see? And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Now see, there's a difference between actually searching the scriptures and gaining your confidence in your head knowledge, okay? It's real. You get a head knowledge, and there's many people that have a head knowledge about God, but they'll never come into the knowledge of Him or partake of Him because, why? Because their evil heart, corrupt, deceitful, desperately wicked heart will be uncovered, you see? And whoever wants to remain in that condition will stay that. And even religious spirits, religious people who are outwardly religious, but denying the power inside your heart, denying the Lord to have his way with them. You see, that's nothing more than a religious spirit and there's no power in it. And just that right there, but you will not come to me that you might have life. And it's interesting. There's no other way, no man, comes unto the Father but through me, Jesus said. And I have tried him on that. I've tried the word on that. And he's absolutely telling the truth. I could look anybody in the eye and say, you know what? Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He is man's salvation. There is no substitute. There is no other like him. There will never be ever ever another like him. I may say it like that. Never. He is our salvation today. I want to declare He is my salvation. He's my hope. Boy, I was saved one day, and then I'm being saved, and I will yet be saved. And when when He said there in, in, in John chapter 3, He that believes on Him is not condemned. When He says He that believes, that means a continual believing. It's not like you believe, okay, I received Jesus when I was six years old, and da 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 and then you went and did your own thing, whatever, and then you claim that you know Him. No. It's a continual believing on the Son of God. And you must be born from above. Okay? There are no exceptions, except you be born from above. You cannot see God. You cannot see His kingdom. You must be born from above. You must be born again. You must be born of His Spirit. Just as Jesus was born from above, okay, into Mary. Born of the Spirit of God, okay, from above. So we must be born from above. If you haven't had that experience, I submit to you today, please seek the Lord on it. Because there are many people who say a prayer, 
Okay, they what they call the sinner's prayer. Some of them use, uh, I don't know, John 10. I'm not John, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you know, that particular scripture there. Now, if you just say that, and you're just rehearsing it and repeating it, okay, without true repentance, without you ripping, I mean, just, just, oh my God, devastated over your sinful self. If that doesn't go on, you probably have not been born of His Spirit, okay? But that's between you and your Savior, okay? Does that mean that somebody who's prayed that prayer couldn't have been born again? No, I believe that they could, absolutely, okay? But many, okay, say a prayer like that, and they trust somebody else telling them that they're saved, okay? reason why I'm saying that to you right now is I had an elder in the church when I was I actually wasn't saved. I went and went through the baptism and I went through everything. I did everything externally right. And uh, after I was done, he looked at me and he said, anything ever happened to you tonight? You're all set. You're going to heaven. I'm just going to say to you right now, if I saw him today, I would tell him. Now, he's, he's hundreds of miles away from me. I don't even know if he's still alive. That was about over 30 years ago. I would tell him you're wrong to tell that to somebody. Okay? You don't tell somebody they're saved. Okay? The Spirit of the God, the Spirit of the living God will witness to you that you belong to Him. Okay? And you don't need any man to tell you that you're saved. You will know that you're saved. And just the fact that He did that, I question if He was ever born of the Spirit of God. Okay? But just to say, just to say that I'm all set, and I'm saying that to say, when he, he slapped me on my knee and He said, you're all set. Anything ever happened tonight, you'll be in heaven. He didn't know my heart. I hadn't truly repented. I had plans to keep on going this, on sinning. Oh yeah, even after being water baptized and everything. And you know what? The Lord let me do it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, He got a hold of me. And I realized that there is a God in heaven. I realized that He requires all of me. All of that, at that particular time that I knew, He required everything. Inside out. Everything of my being, He required of me. And I surrendered by the power of His grace. I surrendered and became a child of God. I've been born from above. And I'm telling you what a great liberty that is. And what a great thing. It changed me forever. And when I say forever, eternally. It changed me forever. I became a brand new creation. And uh, anyone who knew me before. And there were a few. Quite a few that knew me before. They can't believe what has happened. But... God's got me in a place now where nobody even knows me. They don't know the, the history or anything like that. And so, I just give that little praise to Him. I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, it's always good to testify of the goodness of God. Okay, And I needed to say that because... Uh, it's in every one of us. You know, there's a natural man, you know, that, that, that sin nature that's in us, even as, as a believer, okay, that hates Jesus Christ that hates the truth. And, um, but if you're, if you're trusting Him and you know that His intentions toward you are right, you know, it's like Psalm 139. It says, you know, His thoughts towards us are, are as many as the sands of the sea. And you think about it. All those thoughts that He has toward you and me today are clean thoughts. They're holy thoughts. And you can trust Him. There's none like Him. His love, His words, His comfort, there's none like Him. Never will be another like him. And so, what God, I believe, wants to do just here briefly, I'm hoping that uh, he will breathe upon our hearts today um, because 
You know how he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Um, that's a promise. Not they might be filled. You know, uh, they shall be filled. I promise you, those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, they shall be filled. This is Christ's righteousness. So whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. I will not cast away. Okay, and I can't overemphasize that today. It's just in me. <laughs> I, I, it's just in me that, that Jesus is a person. God is a person. And, and when you come to me, he says, you must come to me. I was thinking even before I hit the record button here that uh, without faith, you know, in Hebrews 11, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must believe, see, must believe and keep on believing that he is, number one, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Him. Not prosperity. Not getting all my natural needs met. Okay? That seek Him. Big difference. There's people out there that will lead you away from the reward that Christ has for you. There's plenty of false teachers that will feed your carnality. They will feed your selfish ambition. They will feed all that stuff. But if you come to me... And you, I'm talking about Jesus, if you come to me, Jesus said, and allow me to purify your heart, you come into a confession and agreement as to what I see and what I say, and you become more purified in heart, more holy, if you will, um, the possibilities are endless. Uh, I hope you're still with me. <laughs> okay. So every man that has this hope, this hope realized in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Now, let's go uh, Psalm 24. I'm going to go there. And um, verses 3, 4, and 5, I'm just going to uh, read. <clears throat> who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Verse 4, he that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. The next verse, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now, isn't that a beautiful thing right there? You know, I just saw that today as I was preparing for this show. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now, I want to amplify what this means. And what I mean by that, he, who, he that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. So the question is, who shall ascend into the hill? Who shall stand? Now, if we go backwards a little bit to Psalm 15, I'd like to read this, okay? Just, just the first three verses. And I hope you're still with me. Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? Answer, he that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He that backbites not with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. And... 
I want to read just here because we want to know the ways of the Lord and, and you want to you want to become and you want to do what's pleasing to him. I'm trusting that you do right because you want to become in union with him. So in the Amplified, I was looking in the Amplified in Psalm 15, and I think it's worth repeating to you and reading to you. It says, O Lord, who may lodge as a guest in your tent? Who may dwell continually on your holy hill? Answer, he who walks with integrity and strength of character and works righteousness and speaks and holds the truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. Now, I want to park here just for a couple minutes. He who walks with integrity and strength of character and works righteousness and speaks and holds the truth in his heart, he does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor. Question, how do you do evil to your neighbor? Answer, with your tongue nor takes up a reproach against his friend. That was an eye-opener to me one day. What do you mean takes up? In the margin it says receives a reproach against his friend. A reproach, definition. It's to address someone in such a way as to express disapproval or disappointment. May I say it like this? It's the expression of disapproval or disappointment. And I'm going to add here, mostly when a person is not present. You ever been in a situation like that? Okay, so it's expression, it's a cause or an occasion of blame, discredit, or disgrace. Okay? Now, recently I came into a situation, and sometimes you're innocent. You walk into a, an office, you walk into a setting, could be in a workplace, could be anywhere. It could be at a ball game. And all of a sudden, this somebody just starts to express, as I just read here, um, disappointment or disapproval of a certain a certain guy right this was a female expressing about a certain guy now i she don't know this but i actually kind of know the guy and but she don't know that i know that and so i'm standing there and she made a judgment like she passed judgment on the guy because of what he didn't do and i held my heart silent and i didn't say nothing and i said hmm okay and so it was a real live thing. And I've learned, you know, if you've heard anything of my personal testimony that long time ago, the Lord told me, I want you to sit down, zip it, you know, like shut up. Okay. Sit under the anointed teaching. Okay. And one more thing, your opinions mean nothing to me. Okay. When I heard that from the Lord, your opinions mean nothing to me. My mouth shut up. So when I saw and heard things that were going on in any kind of a situation, he wasn't interested in me responding. He wasn't interested in me in my, how do you say, two cents or your take on things. Uh, the Lord's commandment to me was, I'm not interested. So if I expressed any kind of discontent or anything about a situation or a person or anything like that, what happens? Well, I'd become defiled. That's what would, that's what would happen. And so that transformed my life in, in, in the sense that I was wait on the Lord. I would listen to see what he has to say on the matter. And if he didn't have anything to say on the matter, then I have nothing to say on the matter. And people would ask me. I had one person ask me one time in, in, a, in a small group. 
and they said there was a lot going on in this situation. And brother turned to me and he said, uh, "Hey, Robert, well, what do you think about all this?" And I said, and I just without even thinking, I said, "I don't." I said, "I trust." And then one sister was kind of blown away by my response, but that just came out of my heart. And the only reason I can say that is because I obeyed his commandment. Your opinions mean nothing to me. And so you can be expressing, okay, your opinions. You could be passing judgment on somebody. When you know, I'm talking to believers now, judge not lest you be judged. For in the same measure that you judge a person or a situation, you're going to be judged with the same measure. So I didn't need to say anything to that lady. I just like, because I don't think she's a believer, number one. Number two, I just backed off and I did not receive that slur or that reproach against a man that I actually knew that she didn't know I knew, okay? I'm not going there, okay? Why? I do not want to be defiled. There's no way. Um, <clears throat> the command, um, Jesus said, there is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. And so you got to be very careful as to your heart. You know, the commandment... Um, Geez, you know, I think this is worth a, worth a read too. In, in, in Proverbs chapter 4, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in verse 20, My son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. It's medicinal. And then he says this in Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's powerful. I mean, that is just keep your heart with all diligence. All diligence? Some people, you know, <clears throat> don't believe that. What do you mean? Well, they're not all diligence. Now, I could, I could say that about myself, okay? And I can proclaim war over my own soul, you know? Keep your heart with all diligence, Robert D. In other words, like, exercise that. Go after it. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. And he amplified it says this. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And it says in this, and he amplified in verse 24. Put away from you a deceitful, lying, and misleading mouth, and put devious lips far from you. Okay? So, knowing all this, okay, that what comes out of your mouth defiles the man, you know what I mean? And I know people, I've been in situations where, I, I look at it like this, they're walking around defiled and they don't even know it. And then what's even more abominable is they go to church on Sunday and raise their hands to, to the Lord, okay? And I can tell you, I won't say it today, I won't go there, I won't teach on it, but uh, according to the book of James, uh, you're wasting your time. Okay, all that external stuff of, of, of honoring him, you know, with your mouth and praising him with your lips and lifting up your hands while you've got all this stuff going on inside you. You've got all sorts of works of the flesh going on. Okay, um, but speaking evil of somebody and you're defiled and yet you want to praise the Lord. No, the Lord would say, stop that. Okay, get right with me, come to me, and, and bring some confession with you. 
okay, and get an agreement about what the Lord is saying about you. And that's why we need more, really, God-sent, anointed preaching and teaching, okay, in your world, okay? And you can ask, and you'll receive. Uh, we need more of that. We need more, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it like this, we need more apostolic teaching, uh, apostolic-sent men, okay, that are sent from God, they know, you know, they said about the, the disciples, they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they took note that they had been with Jesus, okay? Could not deny that these unlearned and ignorant men, they weren't chasing the world, they weren't chasing their personal dreams, they weren't, you know what I'm saying, getting schooled and colleged and all this stuff, so their careers and all this. They were unlearned and ignorant men, and yet they took note that they had been with Jesus, and undeniably that the manifestation of the risen Christ was in their midst. That's something that we need in this hour. And I hope that you join me. If there's a hunger and a thirst for you, for His righteousness to be displayed or to be manifested through your life, it's a process, okay? But you have to agree with what God is saying. Uh, all the gossiping, all the slanders and things like that, the slurs that were casted. If you're not being convicted and you're getting away with it, I would question whether, first of all, you're a child of God. Second of all, if you are a child of God, why are you not being okay convicted by God? Okay, because why do I say that? Because to those whom he loves, he chastens. Okay, he will scourge those whom he receives. And I can't get into that teaching, but I'm just saying. One of the evidences that you are a true child of God is that there's a chastening going on by the Lord himself. And as I said in my last show, I pray to God that I never have to be corrected by the world. Now, sometimes he does just to test me in my heart, and he allows people to do that. And that's wonderful. It's okay, because a soft heart is its own reward. So if your heart is hardening when you hear the word of God, that's, that's a penalty. That's just like allowing the devil to take a bat to the back of your back. You know what I mean? Let him beat you because of the stubbornness and hardness of your heart. So if any man thirsts, Jesus said, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me and keeps on believing on me, okay, keeps on trusting. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Living water, okay? That, that is tremendous promise. That is tremendous. I'm going to try, by the grace of God, to encourage you today. If you're discouraged in any way, you have a besetting sin that's just been getting you every time. Hope is just deferred. It's making you sick. You wonder, should I even continue? Is it even worth it? Okay, I'm telling you, hang on. One sister used to tell me, if it's just a threat, you hang on because your help is on the way. Okay, and when we're in agreement, help is on the way. Okay, so we must trust him that he will. He's never late. Okay, and he will never turn anyone away who in the sincerity of their heart come to him by faith. So the commandment is to come to him. So I say, guard your heart with all diligence as I aspire to do the same thing. For out of it are the issues of life. And remember, don't walk around defiled, okay? Allow the Lord to put that living hope. And as you're purified and as you're becoming more pure, and yes, you're going to have people that are going to step up and test you and try you. There are going to be things that are going to come into your life that are going to test what you're hearing right now. And I'm going to be tested for what I'm hearing right now because I need to pay attention uh, to what I'm saying right now probably more than anybody. And I'm learning, like the dependency upon God, weakness, I am weak. 
yet he's strong. Okay, so allow him to take over. Allow him his rightful place in your heart and be blessed. And I love that, how that he shall, you know, Psalm 24, verse 5. This person who does these words of mine, you know, who actually acts on them and actually does what I'm telling him to do, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Okay, so I'm going to close with that right there. I think that's an awesome word right there. To the person who actually does his word, becomes a doer of his word, that person will not be deceived. That person will read into people like there's no tomorrow. Okay, but without condemnation, without judging, you're hoping because he who has been forgiven much, the same loves much. He who has received more mercy because you know you needed more mercy from the Lord. When the Lord shows you that, you're going to be a merciful person, even towards your enemies. And I'll say it again. Be faithful to your enemies, because by being faithful to your enemies, you're being faithful to God, who has the power to change your heart. My name is Robert D. I'm your host today, and I thank you. I thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time.